0: Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube or at jordanleemortgage.com. Give some advice to somebody that was looking thinking about getting started in real estate or thinking about investing in their first property, what would you, what would you suggest based on your experience and knowledge?
1: Get your debt right first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we would have been in the position we were in, even with the VA loan, if we didn't have our other ducks in a row financially. And I... And, and do it through whatever source makes more sense to you. I know Dave Ramsey's somewhat, you know, in the hot seat right now. He's not my favorite person anymore. Yeah. But I like the tenets uh, of what he taught us. And we still we, we hold on to, to those. Uh, but there's a lot of great uh, people out there who, who teach those, those financial uh, foundational skills get yourself in order financially first. Kill your debt. I'll never...
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Realize Gains podcast. We're on episode twenty-three. My name is Stephen Tran. I am an Oregon realtor and I'm a multifamily investor. Hey everyone,
0: I'm Jordan Lee, your co-host, and I am a loan originator that's licensed in about seven states, based here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and I invest in single-family homes. And we have a we have a great interview for you today. We uh, we interviewed Laurel Arunavar, um, who's a local realtor with a really Colorful history of moving around, which is, which is super interesting because she grew up in Texas, but she's a a military or Coast Guard
2: spouse. Yeah. So they've, so they've moved around to a lot of different places. What, they were in Alaska, Michigan, where she got her license. Oh yeah, Michigan. She's in Oregon for the time being. Yeah. It was in Seattle, Astoria, now, now the Portland area. So it's, it's a
0: great story on how to like build a referral business, um, but also used a,
2: a VA loan
0: to invest in real estate.
2: Yeah, no, it's super interesting because obviously, you know, like you think of real estate as somewhere where you have to set down your roots, get your license because you're licensed in the state that you work in. Right. And it's so amazing, like how she built her business. Like I, you know, I'm a little bit inspired, so, but yeah, tune in if you want to hear more. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm here with my co-host. Yeah, I'm Jordan Lee and uh, we're here. We have a really special guest today. We're here with Laurel Arinovar and,
0: um, yeah. So just to get us started here, Laurel, can you just give us a quick background, you know, the quick one, too, of where you come from and, you know, what brought you here and and kind of your your story?
1: Great. Okay. Well, thank you guys for having me on today. Um, I hope your audience will be a little forgiving. I'm I'm not a, a podcast guru by any means. <laughs> like like um, I said, we we're twenty nervous, 22 so. episodes
2: in. We have no idea what we're doing. Okay. After today, you'll be this a guru. This is episode yeah.
1: number one for me. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I did toy with the notion of starting my own podcast once upon a time, but mm. uh, yeah, that that didn't take. It's off. never too late. So it's never too late. Yes, here I am. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my name is Laurel Renovar, and I am originally from uh, West Texas, mm. a town called El Paso. Uh, it's a great border town, right up against um, the sister city of Juarez, Mexico, and also the state of New Mexico.
2: Mm.
1: I was born and raised there, and I eventually found my way here um, by way of the military. I am an active duty Coast Guard spouse. Mm. Uh, my husband Michael is in the Coast Guard.
0: So you guys moved around pretty regularly, then. <laughs>
1: pretty regularly, yeah. Um, Michael has been in the Coast Guard for uh, 15 years this year. Oh mm. wow! Yeah, it's it's and been it's a minute.
0: Every X, how many years before you get he gets reposted or restationed, whatever?
1: So for is. enlisted, and we are enlisted, it's every four years. Okay. Usually, officers are around two. Mm-hmm um and so we'll be here in the portland area um until 2025 okay yeah
0: and you don't when do you get to know when the next station is
1: uh well i mean it's kind of hard with the military you have to sort of do what they say when they say to do it but generally speaking um around the end of 2024, we'll start putting in our picks. That's what they oh, okay. call okay. get to like, like- Like a wish list.
0: Top five or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. Actually, you can go all the way down to like 30, depending oh. on all the different billets available. Interesting. Yeah, and then you put in your top, and depending on how good a station you're at currently will determine uh, whether you get that top pick. So if you're like coming out of Bahrain, you're on a boat- <laughs> Um, you're experiencing some real hardship, you know, you're away from your family a lot months at a time, then you're probably going to get your top pick. But if you're sitting pretty in San Diego, (laughs) (laughs) you got to prepare yourself, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get your top pick, but, but that's okay. So, so you've got
0: to see some interesting areas of the country then. So you were El Paso, then, then where else were you?
1: Yeah, interesting is a good word for it, uh, Jordan, because right out the gate, you know, you're he was a brand new baby in the Coast Guard. That means that you do not get your top pick. Oh. You're bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't even remember what we put in, quite frankly, for a number one, but it doesn't matter because we didn't get it. Right. We went to Kodiak, Alaska, oh. uh, which is a tiny island about 90 miles off the coast of Anchorage. And yeah, that's how we got started. He was immediately put on a boat, gone for three months at a time. Wow. We didn't have kids at the time. It was really hard to make friends.
0: Kodiak, Um, Alaska sounds like tiny town. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Tiny. Not
0: not the one where you're like on stilts because of polar bears though, right? Well,
1: (laughs) no. I mean, tiny is an interesting word for it because, yeah, you're in a tiny island and yet it it feels so expansive. Oh, island, yeah. It's just just so much um, land and it really is remote and um you're just a speck in the in the midst of a world that really doesn't belong to infrastructure it, it doesn't belong to um humans it, it hasn't been overtaken by yeah. them in a sense you know They're, the bald eagles are like the the crows of the area there's tons <laughs> of them everywhere um so you get used to them after a while sorry to say mm-hmm. um But it was an interesting experience, nonetheless. I had to learn really fast to adjust. Mm -hmm. The area was very homogenous in in more ways than one. I mean, it it was not diverse by any means. And I was used to being um, in the minority. You know, as a a white kid growing up in El Paso, Texas, um, in a community that's like 85% Latino or Latinx, um, I was the minority. A majority of my friends are Hispanic. um, My husband is Hispanic. And then to be thrust into a community that is just
0: <laughs>
1: so opposite was jarring yeah, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was tough and it was tough to make friends.
2: You were there um, for how long?
1: I was there for three years. And
0: you probably weren't okay. selling real estate there.
1: No, that didn't come till later. No, I, I got my bachelor's in poli sci, okay. Um, and and by this time in the story, I I already was graduated from from college and didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started substitute teaching, uh, which was a great experience because I I got to work with all kinds of kiddos and I learned how to um um support kids in special education specifically uh, kids with autism which served me well in the future because then you know I recently learned that my son has autism and so I was oh, able wow. to to really take some of those skills and apply them um, in a very personal way um but it was it was a tough experience I wasn't happy. I had, uh, some bouts with depression, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's not an easy subject to talk about, but yeah. we're finally coming into a space where we can talk a little bit more about, uh, mental health awareness. And I really struggled. Mm-hmm. I really struggled. Michael would go off on the boat and I would hop a plane and I would go back to Texas and I would oh. stay there for two months at a time, yeah. you know? Um, and looking back, it's like, Oh, well, should you have spent all the money? Should you have squirreled it away? You know, had the foresight to, Set aside for real estate or, or, or <laughs> whatever, you know, but I don't know, and I've beat myself up at times thinking, oh man, I, I should have done this differently. I should have done this, I should have done that hindsight's 2020 20, right. right? Yeah. But at the end of the day it's like that's what gave me grounding emotionally, spiritually, mentally. and I think I, I desperately needed that at the time because everything was new. Everything was literally dark. Alaska was dark all yeah. the time. Um, and it was tough to make friends, which is ironic because here you are so in a community. Yeah, well, you know
0: everyone. Well, it's not
1: even that. I mean, as, as a military spouse, I lived in military housing. Mm. You're surrounded by other military and you think that it's going to be easy to break into that community, to find your tribe, so to speak, and lean on each other through all the nuances of, of of being away from your family and, and just grappling with newness and and all that. And no, quite frankly, that's that's not what happened actually, because I tried to reach out to other Coast Guard spouses. I, I tried to make friends and military spouses can be guarded, mm. actually. Interesting. It's like everybody's trying to protect themselves. Interesting, so to speak. If that if that makes sense. So, yeah.
2: Do you do you ever wonder how they were surviving out there if they weren't making friends and weren't trying to connect with other people?
1: Well, I mean, at the time it seemed like they were doing all right, you know. <laughs> but things are not always what they seem, yeah, right? On the outside, yeah. No, and I and I think that's that's the point is like you you put on your your tough skin, you you put on your front, you do whatever you have to to survive. And I was just coming into this community; I'd never been in it before. So I had near, yeah. no idea what to expect. And uh, yeah, for for Coast Guard spouses or military spouses who had been in it for some time. You know they they probably developed a way of survival that I hadn't yet. And that's not to say that I've become this guarded <laughs> uh, mean or or whatever spouse i've I've tried to keep myself open, but it it does get to you at times. I mean, if you're constantly changing locations, you know every few years, um,
0: hard to set down roots, hard to build it's hard a to set down roots.
1: It's hard to open yourself up because you don't want to be hurt. Yep. Um, cause you know, you're going to have to leave these people. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So, well, so yeah.
2: I mean, that's why, you know, it's so interesting with your career It's Kind of like you get licensed for this place, you know? So yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about that if you can. But yeah. That's, that's
0: really interesting to me of how you can set up a business that's mm-hmm. for real estate. That's mobile.
1: So I've I've learned very quickly about the importance of referral business. Mm. Um, I have made it a goal of mine. Um, it was my mission in 2022 to get on those airplanes and go to those conferences, mm-hmm. meet realtors from across the United States. Um, Which know,
0: uh, real estate conference are we going to? I, I know you're part of Women's Council. I am. So they have yeah. um, big national conferences, right?
1: We we do, um, and actually, I'm the membership director for Women's Council PDX Portland um, for the second year in a row. Nice, this is fantastic, and I'm really excited about uh, going through it for another year, being in a position of leadership. But um, the Women's Council of Realtors um, joins up with the National Association of Realtors, and they meet in the same place um, oh, twice so their a year.
0: These are kind of simo.
1: Yeah, they go on simultaneously. Um, and this last November, we meet twice a year, once in May and once in November, mm-hmm. this last November we met in Orlando. Oh, and so I was just there, um, right before Thanksgiving break it was wasn't there a hurricane? Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we were fine. <laughs> People were freaking out. Yeah. Um, but it was windy. Yeah. There was some rain. We were fine. We hunkered down and we networked, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. And yeah. we learned, you know? So it was a, it was a really great experience, um, but that was my second annual conference. And then in May, I had gone to DC. We meet annually mm. in DC, always in the same spot every May. Um, so both of those conferences, you know, you're meeting with these people who aren't just colleagues, they're friends. They're friends. And I can't help it. You know, I I will find the Texan in the room because I'm from <laughs> Texas. So yeah. whenever I go to my conferences, I, I got to see my my Texas ladies. And um, I have forged these relationships um, with these people, men and women. Um, and I know it's going to be for the long term. Um, and when you sit down and you really get to know someone, you feel very confident that if your client is moving where they're going, that that realtor is going to take the best care right. of them. Yeah. So it's it's more than just referring business. It's, it's about providing that extra assurance to the people that you represent and care for. You know, your friends, um, your family, people that entrust you with their business, with their home, that they'll be in the best... Um, possible situation, they'll be able to go through that process, that home buying and selling process smoothly and successfully because you've, you've handed off the ball to someone, you know, you can trust. It's not just somebody you have to Google and find and be like, Oh, okay, here's this, you know, Joe Schmo from, from wherever, try this dude out. You know? Um,
0: what, uh, what would you say? Like what percentage? Um, of your business now is referral based from like out of state or sending to out of state?
1: Well, this last year was 100% actually. Oh, I, really? I got all, all my business was referral business. Um, yeah. So, and I'd I'd like to see, you know, 80% and up consistently come from referral business because going back to what you're saying a second ago, like being mobile as I am. Um, that's got to be the crux of my business. That's the bedrock of my success. Knowing that I'm going to move around a lot. I've got to have those, um, that structure in place and those colleagues or, uh, professional connections wherever I go that can always provide business, throw business my way because they trust me to do a great job with their colleagues and, um, they knew who I am personally. And so, yeah, so that's something I would definitely encourage um, other realtors to get involved in. And that's why I'm a part of Women's Council, which I hope your viewers and listeners will encourage joining because it's a great organization for women and men uh, to to build that referral business, those connections. Um, you know, in state, out of state, in town, out of town. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's a blast too. We went to the gallery. Yes, we had a lot it's of a blast. fun. Yeah. Fun, yeah. It's-
1: yes, yes. And I'm so glad that you guys came and and are a part of it.
2: Yeah, yeah totally, definitely raged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so
1: nice.
0: Another interesting thing: military spouse, uh, military family, moving around regularly. Some of my clients have have done, you know, that talk to us about the strategy of buying a primary as a v as a veteran, mm-hmm. and then being able to you know move and buy another primary. Uh, with the VA loan. Have you seen that in your community and your travels or, or have you guys done that?
1: Yeah, I've seen it a lot. Um, I've done business a lot with fellow coasties who consistently buy wherever they're stationed. Mm-hmm. Some of them buy and hold. Um, some of them turn around and sell and then they, you know, uh, they rebuy in the new location where they're at. Um, obviously, I'm I'm not a VA specialist. You know, this is not my main area of expertise. So, I'm not going to go into the, you know, the nuances of of all of that. Um, and a VA specialist would be really able to to comb over those avenues and... Um,
0: but the general higher level concept is... Yes. You could, as a veteran you have the opportunity to buy a mm-hmm. home with zero down. Yes. Um, your you primary. can.
1: Yes, you do. Right. Exactly. And so you, you have to buy it as a primary. Mm-hmm. You live there for a certain amount of time before you can either turn around and run it out
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you can sell it all yeah. and you start over yep. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have known folks who... They buy and hold their house. They bought it with the VA and then they turn around and they buy again using the VA. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're, you're gonna, at some point, you're gonna hit your threshold. You can't just own, like, you know, 16 properties with the VA you you can't
0: refinance out
1: you'll have to refinance out um and depending on how much you spend per property you could you probably get up to like four let's say single families I know you're into multis but I'm just I'm in the single family world in my head um properties using the VA um because you only have so much allotted to you Essentially. Um, Your
2: eligibility. Can I ask, is it just like your DTI just gets
0: so bad at some point? No, no, it's not. It's not based on that. It's just there's a specific amount of eligibility that you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And yeah, once you've used it, it, it impacts further uses of it um and yeah not to get in too much into the weeds but there is there's a limit on that and you know you know you have to like come in with a down payment after you've reached a certain threshold um but if you're both military if both spouses are you know military then you can use you can exactly. use them separately so there's yeah there's a lot of different ways that you can your strategy use- mm-hmm. yeah.
1: you can strategize
0: well and and as you're moving regularly mm-hmm. in, in a in a time period that does give you an opportunity to build some equity um, you can build you know over your career you can build a nice nice portfolio and mm-hmm. and and you know military they have a nice um living stipend as well mm-hmm. as part of that which um makes qualification pretty not not terrible if you, if you manage your your debt well
1: if you managed your debt well and depending on where you go i know that they just True. lifted the bah basic allowance for housing which oh, is that's what what you're talking yeah. about yeah. yeah um in the portland area so, like up in the Sioux where I was just before the Sioux St. Marie, Michigan, BAH was terrible. It just was not, um, it, it didn't do well with inflation. It just, the cost of living and that just were not in alignment with one another. So... Um, so it does depend, but generally speaking, you're right. That BAH is separate from the income that you take in as military and you can turn around, you can throw it at rent. You can turn around, you can throw it at mortgage. And, um, I think you brought up an interesting point about debt. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, just in general, when we're talking about real estate investment, like, and I, I want to pick your brain about this a little bit more sure, because I know yeah. that you're super in real estate investment, but, um, You're obviously going to have more success, VA or no VA, if you've got your debt uh, down. Yeah, you know, and you've got that that cash on hand to be able to turn around and and throw it at things that actually appreciate, (laughs) rather than cars that you finance that don't. Right? (laughs) Oh yeah. I, I, I know. I'm making kind of like my little side points here, but it's it's a it's a good reminder. For your viewers, right? Because if they're looking for tips on how to get started and things of that nature, like... I I
0: mean, mean, oftentimes a car loan
2: will lower the amount that you can qualify for on a house by $100,000. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, you want to get your money into... If you're going to go get debt, put it into good debt into an appreciating asset. I mean, if you get... Like a luxury car, or you know, like a Maserati, maybe that counts as a you know appreciating vehicle. But most, uh, maybe if it's like limited, yeah, if it's a limited amount, like a, some kind of Porsche or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but generally, no, not yeah, for me. not yeah, yeah. So. No, I I love real estate and like you know my thing with multifamily is forced appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know with these single family and I still think it's a good investment if you can get it at zero percent down and leverage yourself. Mm-hmm. Getting an asset that grows with the community based on uh, what's it called a uh, comparison approach in terms of appraisal is just you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: hopefully in a good market it'll it'll appreciate with good value and you know you can refinance and hopefully lower your payment and hopefully your rents keep going up. And so this is this inverse relationship where it will turn into a good investment over time. I think all real estate generally does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, single family, -family. multifamily, well, that's and with a VA loan, you can get multifamily too. Yes. If yes, not, you can. It's not only for mm-hmm. single And family.
1: I helped my client. Yeah. Um, he's, Gosh, he was a brand new puppy in the Coast Guard. And he was like 20 years old. And his first property that we bought just last year, actually, um, 2021, excuse me, we're in 2023 now, so it um, was a multi. Well, that's the, the amazing thing
0: too, right? You could be 18, 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. you got strong income. And you put you don't have to yeah. save money, right? You you could put zero down, and you can qualify. For that yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: And now he's house hacking essentially. Yeah, he lives on one side, and he's hacking the other. He's getting his renter, he's putting him in there, um, and then he uh, recently got out of the military, but he still got that property mm-hmm, thanks yeah. to the military and mm-hmm. thanks to the VA loan. And he's doing other things now, but he's he's got that that system in place, um, and he's jump started.
2: And he only has to live in that one for a year as well, right? Just like any other loan. Probably. Yeah, I mean the Is mortgage,
0: the mortgage note that you're signing says that you intend to live in it for 12 months.
2: Yeah, okay. Just, just that you just, intend to. Because mine I mean, was of course FHA, life so. comes up, right? Yeah, things happen. You have to move, etc. But 12 months in, he can get, rent that out. And now that he's out of the military, maybe he qualifies for? Does he qualify FHA after that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean you're always there's mm-hmm. you can always qualify for yeah
2: conventional primary FHA anything. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. so just you know. He could find other ways to leverage himself, and yeah. But I don't know how old he is, but like a couple of years in, he could have you know two multifamily properties with very little do. down. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I loved what you said about forced depreciation because you know you're you're really taking an asset and you're putting it on steroids essentially. Yeah. Um, depending on what you can do with either your own sweat and Ex- blood and you know whatever and um, what you can afford to. To give over to a contractor I to do the
2: rest, sometimes right? Sometimes it's not even that forced appreciation in terms of just raising your rents. So let's just say, like, oh, yeah. People just move out and it's like, okay, well, I'll clean it up, I'll do a quick paint job. Maybe I don't know anything because that's mm-hmm. how I started. I was like, oh, I'll just paint and raise my rents to market rent. And a year later, you know, um, half my appraisal was comparison approach, half my appraisal was income approach. And because I raised my income, you know, I raised the prop- value of my property like $130,000 within a year. And mm-hmm. I put $30,000 down on that property. So I was wow. like, wow. <laughs> so that's why I love multifamily because, <laughs> yeah. you know, comparison approach is great in a good market, but it, if it's not a good market, it, it gives you control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, being able to control, have that ability to control it
2: more so than just what oh. the market. And then get to, if you get mm-hmm. to commercial, five units plus, and I mean, obviously we're not going to have the great leverage of FHA or VA, but now it's all income approach. And, you know, yeah. then you, you control your whole entire destiny yourself. You can get everybody out, fix it up, get it to market. Yeah. Rent I and mean, of course, there's always going to be market forces, right? There's yeah, going to be course. vacancy
0: and, and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you, I feel like you do, to Stephen's point, you might have a little more control that way. Um, so, yeah. And then another thing I wanted to hear more about, Laurel, is um, you, so you've got, um these movements, what, what did you do? Did you, Mm -hmm. did you guys buy homes every time you moved or did you invest in other areas? I know you, I know you Mm -hmm. love Texas and you know that Mm -hmm. market really well. So what is your kind of strategy around that been?
1: Okay. So the way I, the first property that we ever bought was in Seattle. Oh, uh, we were before, in the military before it went
0: crazy, or before it went crazy. Oh yeah. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's, this that's the is best the best story of, of why
1: Laurel became a realtor. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2013. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we, excitement. we bought our first single family house. Oh yeah. It was, it was a beautiful, sweet time. You know, I, um, what,
2: which neighborhood in Seattle?
1: Um, you, like, you we were in West Seattle. Yeah.
2: Oh, West Seattle. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, just North of the white center area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic neighborhood. I was really sad to leave it actually a uh, small house. Um, it was ranch. So I didn't have to worry about stairs. It had really great hardwood floor. Um, they'd taken really great care of that kind of an older kitchen, but there was potential there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. it had a big yard as well. A decent
0: lot, yeah.
1: Decent lot, um, yeah. So we 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 came in, and we actually used a Keller Williams uh, realtor. <laughs> um, I will never forget them. Actually, Rich and Shelley. Um, they were absolutely amazing, just amazing people. So they came in, they helped us. We negotiated a great price, got in there, and then a couple years later, the market started to bounce back. And there was chatter in my husband's office. Hey, man, have you have you taken a look at your property lately? Have you have you have you seen this? Have you look at this? Look look at my house, you know. And this guy, who Michael was talking to, my husband's name is Michael. Not the time, you know. He's, he's he's trying to show my husband. Hey, man, have you, have you checked out your property lately? Have you looked at this? Look, my house is in Tacoma, and this is what I'm getting. So my husband got on, and he started, you know, mulling around, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> what?" And so he came home and he showed me. And, um, long story short, we sold our house for more than double what we paid for it wow. in three years' time. Nice. Um, no taxes on it, right? And
2: no taxes on the gains?
1: No taxes on the gains. Yeah. And up to this point, we were avid Dave Ramsey followers. We were doing the baby steps. Um, and we had $1,000 in our emergency fund. We were working on our debt snowball. We had already taken Michael's bonus that he got from the military and thrown it at all our credit card debt. Mm-hmm. We were we were paying cash for cars, and some of these cars were clunkers. Mm-hmm. I think um, one car we got in Kodiak was like 800 bucks, and you could see the road through the bottom of the floor. But <laughs> it didn't matter because we were getting out of debt. And, um, man, that thing... That thing took us. I think that was like a 1992 Subaru, like Loyal or something like that. Amazing. I mean, it was red. It was not a hot car. Yeah. It's not a Porsche. I don't uh, have
2: one of those. By things. any means. <laughs>
1: but we paid cash for it. We were able to get out of debt. So with all of that underneath our belt, you know, we, we budgeted every month. We really had a good system in place. Now suddenly this influx of cash was a blessing not a burden because you know if you're not responsible with your money you could get paid a million bucks tomorrow and it oh, could yeah. be gone in six right. months time because you're not a good steward of your cash right
0: and you never had that kind of just sudden influx of cash, exactly before. yeah
1: so here it was it was, it was sitting right before us but we were following the plan you know um and so we knew right away okay we've got to pay off the remaining bit of our student loan debt mm. which is what we did nice We opened up investment accounts like Roths and IRAs. Oh, nice. We bought a decent car for cash at a dealership, not from a private party. So uh, that car lasted us a while. Um, We started. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: I still haven't gone to a dealership yet. I still only bought directly from people.
1: That's fine. I (laughs) mean, if if it's a good source, it doesn't matter. I was just excited to have that opportunity. Um, And. We purchased another house. Hmm. Um, we didn't use the VA though.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: We paid conventional. We had to put fifteen percent down, and we bought in Texas. So and this kind of Texas. goes back to what okay. you were talking oh, about. Oh, so you like, bought an
0: investment property. We
1: bought an investment property, okay. and that's what we chose to do because. So you like, didn't go and
0: just get like a bigger, nicer house that you were more comfortable in. You went and invested it.
1: We went and invested it. Smart. It was a pure investment. Love it. Um, and this is the strategy that that we've played going forward because mm. this was in 2017. Okay. Um well we sold our house in 2016 and then we turned around and we started, you know, buying property. Um single family homes, haven't mm-hmm. broken to the multi. I I read, I read all the bigger pockets. Yeah.
0: yeah. Books. I thought pockets.
1: about it, I dreamed about it and I was like, ah, I don't know. So, let's stick with single family for now. And,
0: and you so bought chose, you bought in Texas where?
1: I I I bought in my hometown of El Paso. Oh. I wanted to stay in my invest in
0: what you know, right?
1: I wanted to invest in what I know. I'm 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 kind of a comfort zone yeah. person. I like to do what I know. I, I, I won't ever like if, if I take a car, if I if I use my GPS and I go to a location and I'm leaving afterwards, I will go back the exact same way. <laughs> like I won't go another way because that's the road less traveled. Like I wanna go back the way I came. That's that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. So I don't take as many risks. Um you know, as, as some of your viewers might, um, which is fantastic, good for you. That's something I aim to do maybe later on in my life, but haven't gotten there yet. And you know what? It was a good play, though, for us because mm-hmm. we we bought an affordable house, one within our budget. And now looking back, we've steadily raised the rent um, mm-hmm. to keep up with inflation, but still provide a quality home um, for Renters who who deserve a, a good quality home, and who want to someday uh, have access to home ownership, but maybe they're not there yet. Yeah. and so that has become my focus as a real estate investor is um, you know providing extra housing for folks who who need it. Um, but who someday deserve to be homeowners like like us. And so right now we've got a military family in there because, um, you know, where the house is located, it's off one of the main byways that goes straight to Fort Bliss. Fort Bliss is the one of the largest army bases in the country, mm. and that's the one that's situated in El Paso. So, like, we, we bought because we knew about that area. That's where I'm from. But also because... Um, you know, the, the, the tenants, the types of tenants that are out there, you've got a lot of military family. And so I wanted to, to rent, or we wanted to rent to military. Um, not specifically, obviously we're, I'm, we're open to any and everyone. Um, but we knew that that that's a clientele that constantly needs housing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what we did. They're very reliable tenants, right? And they're very reliable tenants. They have to be because if they don't pay their rent, they get in trouble, yep. essentially. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the game plan that 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 we chose. And uh, after we we did all this, I, ho- I wasn't even an agent yet.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. So okay? You're, like so, so like and- so so
1: 2016, we 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 sell our house and then we move into a rental for the last year that we're there because we we were um, stationed out in June of 2017. So we moved. And then we were in this rental for less than a year before they they moved us again to Michigan, which is where we went next. Oh, wow. oh. Okay, and you know I'm I'm like pregnant at the time. I'm about to give birth to my fourth child, so like all this is going down. I already have three kids, um, and I just started reading like. Bigger pockets. I just started reading all these books. I Just started got the bug, just right? crushing right. books left and right. Like, and I got the bug so bad. And I'm like, what have I been doing with my whole life? <laughs> why, you know, why didn't I get started earlier? Right. Why didn't I do this earlier? So I knew I needed more education. And um, as soon as we got to Michigan, I got licensed and I became a realtor. And you know, within a year and a half of being out there, I was one of the top producing agents and did really well um and it's it's not a thriving market compared to what you would say portland is in the sense that you're you're not your average home price is not 500k up
0: right Mm -hmm. what part of michigan was this this
1: this is Sault saint marie michigan this is right butted up against the canadian border
0: so how big was that town it's like
1: uh, like 17, oh, like 17,000 people. It's still a small rural yeah, so small. community. And I got really into USDAs. Mm. I partnered with lenders and I I helped folks who you know who, who also desperately needed that mm-hmm. zero down, that edge great, up. It's great another product, great, yeah. great, great program. Yeah. Um, especially for folks who, again, they, they deserve access to home ownership, but they don't have the capital mm-hmm. to do it. And the USDA gives you an opportunity to essentially remodel your house or um, house hack it uh, for some appreciation. Um, but using the loan that they give you, you know, obviously it has to come in under appraisal or at appraisal, but all that jazz. But still, it's another great program.
0: Yeah, it's a great program. It, you know, it's here in this area. It's hard. Like there's so yeah. few USDA because the price... It just makes it hard to qualify because you have to qualify with a lower um, debt to income ratio on USDA, and and like there's income limits on them as well. Um, So it's it is a challenge in this area, but in certain areas, I like most people can qualify for them. You know, Mm -hmm. so it just kind of depends on where you are in the country.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, well, a,
2: it's a fantastic loan program. Yeah. What, well, what was the price point up there, generally average? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm curious about.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I would say the average was 120000 Oh, man. My cheapest property that I ever, you know, my, my deal, my cheapest deal was 12 grand. Ooh. I think a I, I took did like $150, they, they, $150 did they commission. A, <laughs> did <they make laughs> a loan on that? Like? No, no. This is a cash buyer. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, this is someone who's- Coming in, they had the vision to just tear it down and yeah. build a new property. And, and that couple that I dealt with was fantastic, too, because their, their hearts, they were passionate about providing quality homes for that community. And unfortunately, the, the Sioux really has a scarcity when it comes to quality housing. And families are so desperate for it. So I worked hand-in-hand with this couple. Oh, man, loved them. And they were like, we're going to tear this down. We're going to we're going to create a, a good single family. And we're going to provide quality housing for people out here. And so I was nice. It was awesome. And so that that hundred and fifty dollars never felt so good, quite frankly. <laughs> you know? It was a good dinner.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: how about that? It's not always about the money, right? You got to no, go for exactly. that bigger picture, and I've I've learned that really quickly as a realtor. Like, if you get caught up in this idea of like, all right, I just need two more deals so I can I can do this and do that, and it's going to be okay. And if you if you make money like your your central purpose and priority, you're going to burn out super fast. Mm.
2: Um,
1: you the royal you, yeah, I'm you know? yeah. not, not staring at you. No, no, no.
2: I, <laughs> I, I uh, focus on being a fiduciary. Yeah, that is
1: the fiduciary exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you've got to put others' needs and wants above your own um and it's not always easy you know because you see other people and maybe they're like turning and burning they're doing awesome and they're driving fancy cars and they're just being so cool and they're like dude i'm crushing it in this market i'm (laughs) yeah yeah you know and it's it's tough for me look look i i i'm building my business like you Mm -hmm. i was one of the top producing agents in in michigan um I put my heart and soul in into those people, and then I came here, and I didn't do so hot last
2: year. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you want me on your podcast now.
2: No, no, well, no, but
1: it's, um, I mean,
2: moving yeah. business, starting over is is so hard. That's it is
1: hard. hard. It is hard. It's humbling. Um,
2: yeah, you have to hold, do a whole new sphere and everything, and build mm-hmm. those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, coming back, like I said, I was gone for twelve twelve years. Okay, from Portland, born and raised here, and left, and then came back and all my friends had their agent, you know, from high school that they all knew. And I had to rebuild that too. So I completely yeah. understand like coming back to, going to a new space and building a business from scratch. It's tough,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know? It is so. tough.
1: But I will say, you know, it's it's been an interesting experience so far. Some Something else that I had to, to, to learn real fast when I was out there. As successful as I was and the things that I was doing, I, I witnessed a lot of racism. Mm. It was bad. Interesting. And, you know, being a, a white middle class, uh, person of a socioeconomic status that doesn't really have to worry about this stuff. If I don't want to, I don't have to worry about it. Right. right. It's, it's not staring me in the face and affecting me every day. Um, it was a surprise and it shouldn't be a surprise. But it was to me, and I, I was like flabbergasted. In real,
0: when you're in real estate, you notice you you start noticing it more, like in certain ways that you wouldn't expect to.
1: Absolutely, I mean, as as a list, a regular, I'm sorry, a person who wasn't in real estate before then, um, no, I, I never had this, the kind of like flagrant, direct racist comments that I got from some of the clients that I represented and then subsequently refused to represent after that. Uh, but I will say in the moments, in the very beginning, I had a gentleman who made a derogatory comment a- a about a person of color. And the first time he did, I I was just sort of shocked. And I, I stood there and I in my mind, I'm thinking, did he just say what I think he said? But then I didn't do a damn thing about it. Right. And I got back in my car after that showing and I sat there. And I was like, "Wow. That says a lot about you that you didn't have the gumption in the moment to put him in his place." But then I took a step back, gave myself a little bit of grace, and I realized, "But I don't know how to respond in those moments as a professional." Um and and that's an excuse. I recognize that. That's mm-hmm. an excuse. But going forward, Whenever I would go show properties, I would be nervous. What if this person says this? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to respond? And so going forward, I, I really, um, I got more deeply involved in fair housing. Yeah. In a flash forward, I'm now on the National Committee for, um, for Diversity with NAR. Oh, wow. And I realized that if you don't know me talking to myself, how to respond in these moments then you damn well better learn Mm. because if you say nothing, then you're just as complicit. And so I convicted myself and I'm willing to do the work. And I think that realtors, especially white realtors have got to step up and face themselves in the mirror and say, you damn well better be willing to do the work. And um, it wasn't the best past for me knowing that I didn't respond as I should have in the moment. But this community has given me so many tools, um, so many resources and support. um, And I feel empowered Mm. to be able to to do what needs to be done.
2: I think that's great. I mean, you know, confrontation is hard, especially when you're shocked in those moments and, you know, like – I, I, you know, I, I well, sometimes yeah. you just don't know how to respond to those things. And sometimes it is just better to leave it alone than to put yourself into a bad situation. But if you are, like I said, on mm-hmm. fair housing and all this stuff, and you are making a difference outside of putting yourself in a bad situation, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. You know,
1: well, and I didn't do it right in the beginning. I, yeah. you know, after it happened, I like patted myself on the back. I'm like, I'm going to start a Facebook group. <laughs> and we're going to be against racism. And I started inviting people to be a part of it. And uh, another, A group of people, uh, mostly people of color, found out about it and they took me to task.
0: Mm.
1: And they're like, well, why didn't you come sit at the tables that we already had? Why are you creating a table and you're inviting people to be a part of this, but it's on your terms? And I was like, shit. I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: It's fine.
1: That was hard hard to hear. Interesting. Yeah. So then I, I was like, okay. So I started going to those tables and sitting and just listening and shutting up. And so that it's, it's been a journey, mm. you know, for, for me individually and, um, as a professional and as an individual, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And, and one of my, my goals that I'd like to see, especially in these organizations that I'm a part of, that I help to represent women's council spe- specifically, mm-hmm. um, we don't have a single person of color on in our your, local network
0: on your board or on your, in your, in
1: our board. In your um, membership base. uh, no, well, I mean, there, there are some gentlemen who are, and, um, but I will tell you, I don't think it's enough. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, we certainly need them on the board. Mm. I know I'm kind of convicting myself here because oh. I'm part of women's council, but I mean I'm willing to say the tough things, you know, and that's that's a goal that I think we we need to to work toward. And we are. I'm I'm glad to see that the women's council is doing things to partner up with Aria. Yeah. To partner with NAREB and now NAREB. Um and I, I know that we have well, let me take that back. We we do have a Latina, you know, um, on our board. But again, it's not enough.
2: Yeah. It's just not an accurate I mean, representation. It's
1: not an accurate representation I, of I, Portland.
2: I think we're taking good steps. I mean, and we're we went taking to good the, steps. You know, what was it? The advocacy mixer and you mm-hmm. know, we're we're trying to I think they're starting a board with the, all the different uh, affinity groups. Like I mm-hmm. said, Aria, now rep, now rep uh, WCR. And like I said, I think I think taking baby steps is better than taking no steps in. Yes. You know, they brought us together and you know, and we all have the same vision. So I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited to see where we go with it. Me too. Yeah. So, but yeah, of course, absolutely. like everybody, you know, wants to move faster. We'll try to move the best we can in lockstep. So.
1: In lockstep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been a good experience so far.
0: That's great. Um,
1: I probably gave you the longest no. answer to your question <laughs> ever. You're like, and, uh, wow. I kind of
0: lost my train of thought for a second. Yeah,
1: sorry. I, I got you there. <laughs> um,
0: so, but then recently you were... Selling on the coast, is that right? Because you just Uh just moved here from Astoria?
1: I did. So once we left Michigan, again, we sold our house, rented it out for a bit um, in Seattle. Then we went to Michigan for four four years. And
0: you didn't buy there? Then
1: we didn't buy there. I chose not to buy there. Um, I wanted to stay in Texas. That's my strategy. Um, And then we got relocated to Astoria. Oh, okay. And we were there for about a year and some change. But the Coast Guard Command Center within the sector is relocating back to Portland. Oh, Apparently, they were here like 15, 20 years ago. Oh, OK. And then they thought it would be a good idea to go to the coast. And now they're going back. The I don't coast. know why.
2: Portland has a coast, right? <laughs> the <laughs> Columbia River? Yes. Well, that,
1: and no, the Coast Guard has always been here. Right. Yeah, right. It's MSU Portland. But the sector itself, think of it like departments was moved to the coast and now it's being moved back essentially okay. um and so along with it comes our family and a few other families who are not going to be relocated out this way so i've just been moving a lot yeah, the last lot 16 them, months I've just been moving lots of moving
2: so your whole business is now here and you are you, you feel like you're starting over in portland
1: Uh, well, I mean, for the past year, I've been on the membership, uh, I've, I've been the membership director with women's council. Um, I've been been on the diversity committee with Oregon realtors. So I was already involved, uh, sort of corporately, uh, within the infrastructure of, uh, the realtor world and industry. Um, but yes, when it comes to clientele, like I'm, I'm definitely, definitely building. Um, so
2: for two more years before you got to leave.
1: Do i are already <laughs> trying to get rid of me here right. and, and you're leaving more you're competition
2: leaving? You're gonna be leaving?
1: yes yes <laughs> no collaboration
2: of course yeah Come no, on. Gotta, you gotta do referrals when, wherever you land next
1: yes exactly yeah <laughs> or We're even on the bo- coast i i i'm still serving the coast um oh nice to to some degree so, but yes, I want to make Portland, um, you know, my, my main place. I live in the Bethany area. That's my neighborhood, you mm. know, so that's, I am servicing that area. I'm also looking to really focus in on the scapoose area. Um, cause it's somewhat adjacent to where I live and I want to be a part of that community too. I know it's outside of Portland, but mm. still, that's great. So, Yeah.
0: So if you were to, switching gears here, if you were to give some advice to somebody that was looking, thinking about getting started in real estate or thinking about investing in their first property, what would you, what would you suggest based on your experience and knowledge?
1: Get your debt right first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think we would have been in the position we were in, even with the VA loan, if we didn't have our other ducks in a row financially. Mm -hmm. And I and and do it through whatever source makes more sense to you. I know Dave Ramsey is somewhat you know on the hot seat right now. He's not my favorite person anymore, yeah. but I like the tenets uh, of what he taught us, and we still we we hold on to to those. Uh, but there's a lot of great uh, people out there who who teach those those financial uh, foundational skills get yourself in order financially first. kill your debt. I'll never forget the day that I picked up the phone and I called to kill the last remaining bit of my debt, that student loan debt that was just like this albatross just hanging around my neck yeah. it, Oh, it just never went away. It was like the last remaining bit of debt. And I called her on the phone and I said, I want to pay off I want to pay off my student loan debt. She said, "Are you sure?" That's what she said to me. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure." You know, um and I gave her the remaining amount and I just hung up that phone and I just started weeping. It's it was a, a very emotional uh but empowering and freeing moment um for me. Because I knew, I knew that the doors had just opened up, and all that was what you that, needed to
0: feel like you could make a risk or take a exactly.
1: Take I a I don't think, and I know there's good debt and bad debt. I mm-hmm. know that. I know that. Um, I mean, Dave would say there isn't, but whatever. He's not here.
2: Yes, yeah. so. <laughs> he doesn't like uh, real estate. Yeah, but yeah, he does, but, uh, yeah.
1: It, mm-hmm. you know,
2: he's like buy a buy a house with all cash. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Save that.
1: Yeah. Okay. And forget about the FICO score, too, yeah, uh, which I, I hate FICO scores too, just as an aside. but 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 still, get your debt under control if not completely eradicated. And then all that cash that you have on your person—it's—it's it's not going toward credit cards. It's not going toward um, car payments. God, everybody thinks man, car payments are a way of life. It's just the way it's going to be, and it's just that's just not true. Like, um, I mean, that—that—that's my thought on yeah. that. You know, but you're—you're you're in a much better position financially when you've got your debt under control. Um, and then you can turn your attention uh, toward real estate because it is it's it is the American dream in you know it's it's yep it's a it's a real tangible thing that most of us have access to that sadly too many of us don't have access to and we as realtors and lenders it's our responsibility to open those doors to historically disenfranchised people <laughs> who have been kept out uh, for so long and I know I'm preaching to the choir the <laughs> white girl here talking so I apologize
2: <laughs> no, um I mean, I- but totally agree with yeah it. you know like like it's an, an actual asset you can see it you can touch it with your hands you exactly. can fix it you can add value yes it will grow in value it, it literally is life-changing for so many families to have something that will substantially grow their net worth
1: I mean, for generations yeah. to come
2: exactly generational wealth it's
1: generational wealth it's generational it, it wealth. really is it's, it's, it's
2: safety it's security it's
1: yes even in up and down markets um you know and if you're military Get a hold of your VA specialist. If you've gotten your debt under control and you're all solid, then I would say connect with your local VA specialist um, because those people, they really know their stuff um, or a lender that you can trust and get the ball rolling, see what your options are. And if you can, buy with a VA, mm-hmm. you know, leverage, use the government as leverage. <clears throat> And then um and then, you know, the sky's the limit after that.
2: As long as the payments make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As
1: long as the payments make sense. Yeah. Exactly. The cash flow's gotta be there. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It doesn't
2: have to be cash flow. I mean, like okay. if it is your home, like
1: right. make it's sure primary. You know,
2: when you put zero percent down, you can have a you can have a substantial payment. That yeah. might not make sense.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly.
2: Maybe put a little down if you have it just to kinda offset a little bit but yes
1: mm-hmm. yes absolutely totally agree. What is what is the percentage that it's encouraged like your house payment to be like thirty percent of your income? Is thirty percent your
2: gross income.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah that's so, that's the standard if you've got to put
1: rule. some money down so that you can get into that sweet spot then Yeah. Do it. You know? But
2: yeah I
0: think it depends totally on every family in the yeah. market, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's thirty percent of somebody that makes 5,000 mm-hmm. a month versus 30% of someone that makes 5,000 a month is a big difference, right?
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So that would be my advice and get started and get started now.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't the, wait. Gosh, well, I wish I hadn't waited, right? I know all the I things to now, say.
2: It's okay. I mean, I started in 2019. <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as you start. get
1: started, yeah. you know? I feel like I'm saying that a lot these days. I just turned 40. And so I'm like, oh, if only, if <laughs> only, you know, but.
2: Things can change very quickly in a couple years. And that's what happened can. for me, like I said. So thought I'd be a software engineer forever. <laughs> Here I am, realtor, lots of properties. It is what it is.
1: So, wow. How many properties do you have, Steve?
2: Uh, I have 11 doors.
1: Wow. So, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. So Yeah, I'm nowhere near where you are. <laughs> But everybody's have, on their own journey.
2: I have partners, too, you know. So it's, yeah, it's it's a learning experience. So okay, yeah,
1: and that's another thing I've I've heard of with folks. They, you know, military. Even though they've got the VA under their belt, um, some of them will will partner together and they'll they'll mm-hmm. buy deals together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to do it all by yourself. You know, if you find someone you can trust, um, you can go in and on it together and pull your resources and and make that you know the, a bigger lowers, punch lowers
0: the barrier of entry for sure hmm. yeah
1: i am curious to know a little bit more about how to do that that might be for another podcast uh, i'll keep listening but i i do well, want to know talked
0: a little bit about it okay on the show. um i personally in my the i have two properties that i've done with one partner and we've done it pretty simple we're both on the loan we're both on title um so like Normally, when you buy a house with like your spouse or whatever, right, you're going to be vested in a way that you're um, 100% owner. So if either of you were to to die, um, it would automatically pass to the mm-hmm. to the other owner, right, to your spouse, 100% of it. So the way I own it with my business partner is we're vested a little bit differently. Um, we're both uh, 50% owners. Um, so if I were to die, my shares don't automatically go to my business partner. My shares stay in my estate um tenants in common right got it yeah Mm -hmm. and then you can set the you can set the percentage um so that's that's how we've done it i mean obviously some people set up llcs that you know set specific rules lots of different ways of of cutting that to me that's the most simple though is to just best that way in title and Mm. but obviously you know those type of things that's for an estate attorney to advise on like i we don't we don't. We don't give pretend to it. Give that, legal advice. Give that advice. I can. <laughs> I can. Right. I can tell you. Stay how, in our lane. Yeah, I can tell you how I've done mine and what makes sense for me and okay. my, my family estate. But, um, uh, but yeah, that that's how. I've, you know, we've seen all sorts of different methods.
1: Great.
2: Yeah, that's what I love. Real estate can get real creative. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Stephen, did you have anything else? No. No. This was great.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone yeah. if someone wanted to like reach out to you, pick your brain, join Women's Council, how would oh they? Gosh, how would they find join you? Join Women's
1: Council, <laughs> please join Women's Council. it would be fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so again, I'm the membership director for the Women's Council of Realtors, and I'm with Premier Property Group as well. Um, you know am i allowed to leave a n- number yeah can, you can i leave a number or whatever you, you, what you put that, it in the show want. notes if you want yeah, i guess however, afterwards. Want but yes know. absolutely um you know look for me on social media um i'm laurel or at premier property group on facebook um your home is here um that's that's my handle on instagram oh. and of course you can reach me at laurel at premier property com if you want to email me um, and I do have an out-of-state El Paso area code. Um, it's like one of the few things I've I've held on to Spam. since. I know <laughs> I need to change. You no, know, it's, it's, it's true. And I'm getting a new phone, and I, I think we are going to change phone lines. And it's it's like but a then, small death. And then you like lose all of, Then you
0: lose all your contacts.
2: I just, know, and I just I'm own like, it. Just own just your own area it. code. It's I, sh-
1: I right, I am right now. So yeah. yeah, you know, you can you can contact me at nine one five four nine one six nine Nine one zero. Area code 915. That's El Paso. That's me. Um, so no, I'm not a spam. I'm 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 me. So thank you so much for for allowing me to to come on today, you all. Um really great, sobering real conversation that I appreciate you providing yeah. the space to have.
2: We love having you. Thank so, you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast.
0: If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.